0: My scripture this morning is taken from Philippians chapter 3, verses 4. And we kind of start in the middle of chapter 4, and we go into verse 14. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. May God bless the reading of God's Holy Scripture. Amen. I think it's easy for us to understand that in the midst of this, we each go through shifts in our life that take us from one place to the other. And if we're being and uh, totally transparent about how our existence goes, we can remember growing up in the church that we have these moments of what we call markers of our faith that led us to believe in God a little bit differently. For some of us, it might have been our our very first time to take communion. Some, Some, it might have been your baptisms. For some, it might have been just coming to the church and hearing a hymn for the first time, or or maybe a praise song, maybe, who knows? But for all of us, we find that we've been in our journey of faith, we find a different shift from where we started and to where we end up going. This passage of scripture, uh, when I first started in youth ministry was used ad nauseum, like we used it all the time. Of course, we used this passage of scripture because we wanted to talk about the endurance of what it means to be a Christian. I press on towards the goal. Like we talked about it as a race. And we talked about it as uh, that we created t-shirts and bracelets. And, and all kinds of cool things to talk about how we press on towards the goal. But Paul isn't concerned about the race of life. He's consider, concerned about what it means to be like christ even as far as to his death we talk about this some but we don't talk about it enough that paul doesn't know what to do with the resurrection he knows the visceral things i mean in the first century the rome was very visceral they 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 saw him physically die they they watched him die brutally and he himself Uh, may not have been there exactly at that moment, but he knows of the death. The same thing that we all will have at some point or another. But in his mind, as we talked about the last few weeks, there's a way of living is Christ. Then there's a way of living in Christ. And then there's living like Christ. But did you catch the part that he wants to and knows and hopes That he gets to die like Christ. Because that's the only thing that we as human beings have the ability to do. This is a struggle for him. He's grown up his entire life with a different understanding. As a Pharisee, his whole job was to teach Torah to a group of people in a certain way to talk about their faith about what you're allowed to eat, what you're allowed to wear, how you're supposed to worship, when you give your offerings, what kind of offerings are you allowed to do? And that was his whole job and he was a zealot. He even says, I was a persecutor of the church. He recognizes that even in those moments of his faith, what he was brought up to believe somehow the big paradigm shift takes place and he does a complete 180. This is this is a big deal. He puts, I love how he talks about it in verse three and four about he talks about the confidence in the flesh. His flesh is talking about humanity if we're listening to it from the distance, but really what he's talking about it is, is he's talking more than just the physical, eternal, I, I mean external, visible, and temporal. He's speaking of the flesh as an internal, an invisible, and eternal way of our humanity, our physical vessel that God ...has given to us. He uses this in such a way... ...that he says, how might the confidence in the flesh... ...look like? What would it look like? It's, uh, it's kind of hard not to notice... ...that he comes up with a list of his profits and losses... He goes on to list everything that makes him who he is. And as I pointed out to my Sunday school class, it's, uh, he even goes as far as to say, on the eighth day, I was circumcised. As in a statement of my family were so religious that we waited until after the Sabbath for me to be circumcised. He then says, I'm from Israel and... <laughs> takes even a step further and says, oh, and I'm also from the tribe of Benjamin. I was a persecutor of the church. I I am the Hebrew of Hebrews, he says. And then, right there at the very end, he says, and all of that is complete rubbish to me in the name of Christ. It's in that moment that he has found God's grace and in extreme humility has recovered his losses. Now, I want you to think about it. this is our connecting peace, church. Each of us have a list of things that determine who we are. We have a, a DNA of trauma. We have a, a, a growth of what created who we are, no matter what we say and do. There's a thing that comes and follows us everywhere we go. I am because I am, because this is what I did in my past. And Paul is saying, what if we could move past that? What if we let that be in the past and allow ourselves to live forward in the Christ? That's what he means by I press on towards the goal. I don't need to focus in on the past. I press forward. I keep going. I look beyond what I think determines who I am. And allow God to determine who I am in the name of Jesus Christ. That's a different shift. That goes beyond our church traditions. It goes beyond our understandings. And it says that in this place, in the way that God has spoke to me, my life is different. And this is why. But it's hard for us. Because we relish in the past. These are the things of my past that determine how I make my own decisions. And Paul's saying, yeah, but that's not who you are today. It may have shaped who you are. But that's not how you are today. And not in the future either. You know. As I was telling the 8:15 service, one of the, the things that I love about October is is I, I commonly refer to it as Bandtober. We're we're so glad that we have football teams so that they can prepare the marching band fields. Uh, we're so we're so glad that uh, that they put all the lines out there for us to march. Uh, we really truly appreciate that. Uh, I, I loved marching band. I, I I don't I don't hold that uh, a secret. I I uh, had a little bit of a problem with it. I might have been an addict to marching band. I met my wife in marching band to my defense, just saying. But for uh, the eight years I was in undergraduate school, eventually they said, Josh, you, you, we can't have you march anymore. Um, we, we need to give those scholarships to uh, younger students. Here's a bunch of degrees and go away. I, 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 love, I love marching band and the, the thing that is always fun to me is, is I get to go to the Bixby Tournament of Bands, which is the same thing I went to a while ago when I was in high school. The part that's funny to me is, is that every time I go, I go and I, I like to go because uh, yes, I live vicariously like through my kids, but when Madeline was in marching band they said, oh, we need somebody to cook. I will. And that meant I got to go feed my addiction, uh, which is marching band competitions. Now, there's a few things that I need to explain to you. When, when, you, when you're in marching bands as long as I was, for a really long time, it gets to the point where you kind of know what the show's gonna be. And so I can listen where I'm cooking and I can say, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't a good note. Or, oh, that wasn't great, uh, the balance was bad. But I only say that to myself because it'll freak the kids out that I'm talking to myself. But, In those moments, my favorite part about going to the Bigsby Turn in advance is is that I get to look and see what McAllister has done since I graduated from high school there. Now they have this semi-truck and they pull up this huge trailer and they have it wrapped and there's like the semi-truck and then there's a bus and they have come in with their four buses and here we are at Perry and I'm like, yeah, I went to that school. And we go over there and I pray to God that none of the adults there know me. (laughs) I tell myself every single time, please, 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 God, don't let any of those people do this, mainly because I'm now at a point in my life that most of the band directors that are there, uh, I went to college with, and they're most likely the judges instead of directing bands, because, well, we've been out of school for a while now. And in those moments, I, uh, I have this, that moment of fear that somebody is going to remember me from high school. And then this time happened and it was a little weird because now that I see these people that I went to college with that are judges and things of that nature, I get to run into people that I was close friends with that saw another chapter of my life. So. For example, I said, hi, I'm Joshua Bell. I was a graduate from McAllister High School. It's good to see you. Uh, and they're like, Joshua Bell, why does that name sound familiar? I graduated a while ago. And they're like, were there three of you? <laughs> yep. yep. And then they turn around and walk away. And I go, okay, that's awesome. But yesterday, I had this friend of mine that I went to Southwestern with. And his wife was my section leader when I was marching in Southwestern. And and it's fascinating because as I've continued to go to Bixby, because I went to watch my daughter March, Todd has been there as a volunteer and uh, we get to catch up on things. And yesterday we don't really get to talk a lot, but yesterday he and I actually got to talk. And it was so weird to me because there's multiple chapters in my life and Todd says, Josh, how's ministry going? And I and I just I just sit there and I think about this. I'm like, that's what he remembers from me. That when I left Southwestern, I went into ministry and that's the chapter that he remembers. The ones from McAllister, on the other hand, well, that's another story for another day. But the the ones that know me in different parts of my life, they they see the shifts in my life. He says, so uh, are you are you doing anything you know with ministry and stuff and and then while that happens I have other people that come up and say how's it going with music and I'm like well I, I don't do that anymore they're like what are you doing I, I say well I'm doing ministry and they're like ha, 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 no really what are you doing no I mean I'm a minister now and they're like oh and they don't know what to say but Todd somehow some way kept that in his mind and I and I I think about this when we read Paul because there's this moment where you know that he was talking about to his own people about these transformative experiences of his life. But all of his education and all of his background and who he was at the end of the day didn't mean anything to what he wanted to be in the name of Jesus Christ. And he made this conscious effort and decision to follow Jesus. He renders his early bio unnecessary and unimportant because that is not who he is at the time that this letter is being written. How often do we rely upon our own past and accolades? I think we can look forward to a day and begin to live it now, maybe even this morning, that we, with the hope of that the resurrection is a reality and where competition gives way to salvation, that the things of our past that we think identify us, we put off to the side and we say that our identifying character is to live like Christ. To allow that paradigm shift to move us into a way that changes and affects the culture that we are interacting with on a daily basis. And be prepared for those conversations with those people from your past and they say, man, there's just something different about you. And you say, well, I, uh, I decided to change my life in the name of Jesus. And they'll be a little uncomfortable. It's just—it's the truth. It's—it's it's just a little uncomfortable. But there's nothing to be ashamed of. To live a life of hope, peace, love, and justice. To do the things that Jesus has asked us to do—to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit those that are sick and imprisoned. The hard one that we've talked about several weeks ago about loving your enemies. What a beautiful way of shifting our own lives and being confident in our own flesh. I look forward to those days when I move past my past and acknowledge the day that I live in, in this exact moment, and to see where God leads me into the future. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.